The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. I hope you all are doing well. I am doing great because I am so excited about this show. You know, I get excited about all my shows, but this one is Really, really, 21st century, really innovative. We are going to be talking about a project that, frankly, I've never heard of before. Um, a city block in Dallas has been set aside to create a self-sustainable, off-the-grid city block. And, you know, you think of, I live in California, as many of our Go Green Radio, radio listeners know. And so you think of projects like this going on and, you know, Good old tree-hugging Northern California. You might think of it in the Northeast. Uh, but this is a project that is so first of its kind, and it's happening in the heartland in Texas. I absolutely love it. And so we are going to be talking about Revision Dallas. Uh, it's an urban sustainability project that just knocks my socks off. Our first guest today is a man named John Greenan. He's of the Central Dallas Community Development Corporation, and he's been involved with a, a, an organization called Urban Revision to put this city block out as a contest for architects all over the world to design something that would be, you know, an award-winning design. And we're going to be talking to John, and then we're going to be talking to two of the award winners of this contest called Revision Dallas and really get some insights into what they're going to do to create this sustainable city block. So it's my pleasure to welcome John to Go Green Radio. John Green, and thanks for being with us. You're welcome, G. Thanks well, very much for having me. You bet. Now, before we dive into this morning's show, which I am really excited to talk about, because as we know, everything's big in Texas. Um, I love the state of Texas, and it's actually uh, a greener state than a lot of folks even realize. Um, but I've had the pleasure of working with the Texas State PTA and several cities within Texas uh, with my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, and I am just thrilled to hear about what you are doing. Tell us a, a little bit about you. You're the executive director of the Central Dallas Community Development Corporation, CDC for short. Tell us a little bit about the corporation's mission and what you do for those of our listeners who might not be familiar. Well, uh, Central Dallas Community Development Corporation actually spun off a, an older and larger nonprofit here, Central Dallas Ministries, which provided a lot of social services, health care, legal services, after-school training. And one of the things that, that uh, Central Dallas Ministries decided was their programs weren't working as well as they hoped because their people didn't have decent places to live. So we started Central Dallas Community Development Corporation to address that need to try to build high-quality, affordable housing in the city of Dallas and give people some housing options. We've been working at that since 2001. We own three apartment complexes. We're just closing in on finishing a fourth, a major project downtown. 
which we call a city walk at Agard. It's a 15-story downtown office building that we're doing a, a mixed income, mixed use conversion. When it's uh, done this fall, it will have 200 affordable housing units. It will have six for sale condos, uh, two floors of office, and a retail space on the ground floor. And that's uh, really been our, our big jumping off point and, and what led us to wanting to do some more work downtown and the revision project. Well, that's really cool. Now, Dallas, you know, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was kind of a city that was built with commerce downtown and that sort of thing. This infill housing or, or housing development, is that sort of a kind of a second phase of the development of Dallas? You know, I think that's a pretty accurate way to put it. Uh, one thing that your listeners need to realize is, is Dallas had a long ways to spread out. There's, there's no ocean, no mountains, not much limitations uh, on how far out you can build except for distance itself. And really with the rising gas prices, which really hit people here the last summer, and just a kind of change in attitude and in lifestyle, there's been increasing interest in moving back towards downtown, especially people either who are young and interested in being in a vibrant place or people who are maybe a little more my age and they're empty nesters now and that hour-long commute that a lot of people have gets pretty tiring after a while. So yeah. we're seeing a lot of movement back towards the center of the town in Dallas. Well, that's exciting. I mean, that can only be a good thing for the community of Dallas to have all of that, you know, vibrancy and, and livability downtown. Now, I guess it was beginning in late 2008 that your corporation uh, became involved in this Revision Dallas project. And, and I just... Every time I look at the Urban Revision website, I just think, wow, how incredibly innovative. For our listeners who might be unfamiliar with the project, it's the brainchild of the City of Dallas, a San Francisco-based urban revision organization, and Dallas's Building Community Workshop. And this project was a competition that challenged architects and urban planners to redesign an entire city block to become the United States' first um, fully sustainable urban block. Tell me how your corporation became involved. You know, it happened by accident, like a lot of things in life. <laughs> I was with uh, my good friend, Brent Brown. He's an architect here uh, who runs the nonprofit, the Building Community Workshop. Mm-hmm. And we've been downtown at some meetings at City Hall. And we came uh, down the elevator and out the back door together and uh, looked, and there was there's basically acres at this point of empty parking lots immediately adjacent to Dallas City Hall. And it's right in the, the core of the city. Uh, it ought to be some of the most valuable real estate uh, in the town, but, but it was empty, and, and you paid a dollar a day to park there. So I basically looked at it, and I said to Brent, there's got to be a better use for this property than a, than a parking lot. Uh, and a couple of days later, Brent came back and connected me to Urban Revision, uh, and we started working on this project then. That is so exciting. And, and tell us, give us some insights into what happened next. When you, when you got hooked up between Brett and Urban Revision, then what happened? We had a lot of things to go forward. Uh, we didn't know each other. We had to talk and make sure our, we had the same kind of goals in mind. And, and from my standpoint, one of the things I wanted to make it clear was that we only wanted to do a project that was really going to get built. Uh, Urban Revision, I, I don't know if you looked at their website and some of the earlier contests they, they ran. They're fascinating, innovative, brilliant stuff, but they're probably not likely to ever be built. And, and 
what happened was that Urban Revision had got to the point where they were interested in doing a contest that would result in, in the winter getting built, and, and that's what we wanted. Then we had to, to get the city on board, and, and they were real enthusiastic. Mayor Tom Leppard, uh, who came out of the construction industry, he ran a turn of construction at one point, uh, was really supportive, as was other city staff. And, of course, we had to find out if we could acquire the block. Uh, and fortunately, the block was owned by a property owner uh, that I knew, and, and we had done projects together before, and, and will, was willing to work with us on the on the property sale. So it took a lot of things coming together, uh, and they did, and, and we were just really excited once the contest got going. So you guys own the property right now, is that correct, or is it a public-private partnership? We have it under contract. Okay, gotcha. Now, if you... You know, you and I both know that in order for um, the winning design to actually be built, that's going to take money. How are you funding this project? It's going to be mixed financing, very much like what we did downtown at CityWalk, which was about a $35 million project. Mm -hmm. We actually have three ownership entities there. I expect we'll see something similar here. Uh, for, this is, at its heart, a housing project. There's a lot of other components to it, but, but the housing is, is the major part. And, and, you know, in the end, the largest source of financing is always going to be the rents. That's what lets you get a mortgage, pay it back, and do things like that. Uh, but, but we'll be uh, tapping a whole series of sources. We expect the city will put money into the project. We've already had those discussions uh, in, in theory without getting down yet to dollar amounts because we're still trying to figure out what's going to be necessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, some of it will be funded through various tax credit programs, uh, low-income housing tax credit, probably for a portion of the building that has the most affordable housing in it. Mm -hmm. We'll use tax increment financing districts. Uh, we're going to, I believe, structure it so that the energy production on the property is owned by a different entity, which lets us then use renewable energy credits and new markets tax credits to do that. And uh, financing is, is, I guess, probably what I really love and we'll have a beautiful, complicated, but a, a team that will work. <laughs> well, I guess the hope that I would have is that you guys will create the, the playbook that others can follow. I mean, do you expect um, this part of the project to be something that other communities can replicate? I do, and, and in fact, uh, as a matter of policy, we, we're pretty open book uh, so if when we get the financing model done, I'd be happy to share it with, with anybody else uh, interested in replicating it, mm -hmm. and I hope a lot of people will. There's a lot of work to be done and a lot of places to build, uh, and we're only here in Dallas right now. Right. I mean, I could see a lot of other communities. You know, we, we always hear about some of the great things going on in other um, heartland cities. I know Mayor Daly in Chicago has been doing a lot of interesting things with architecture and green building. Um, and, and similar to your situation in terms of land available, it's not like, you know, in California where if we have any land, it's so darn expensive. You just, you know, it's difficult to do these kinds of things. I could really see your project being something that a lot of people are going to want to replicate, and that's pretty exciting. It is. I hope so. Uh, you know, our, our downtown project, we, which is a set to ho have among its 200 units, uh, 50 for people who have been homeless. What we did is went and toured the projects in a lot of other cities, New York and San Francisco and Seattle, to find out how the best people were doing it. 
I hope that our project, when we get Revision Dallas built, will be one other people come to see uh, to learn how to do it in their cities. Absolutely. I mean, I'd like to bring, you know, the folks from Go Green Radio, all of our listeners, and uh, all of our folks from the Go Green Initiative to Dallas just to see it. In fact, um, we've been talking about doing our annual summit in the Dallas area at some point because Texas has been, you know, at the vortex of the Go Green Initiative's growth, and I would love to to make that a, a tour destination for us. Well, when we come back from commercial break, John, we're going to be back with you, and we're going to talk about the sustainable portion uh, and what this uh, structure is really going to look like and what it's going to provide the city of Dallas in terms of sustainability. So, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people, grunt if you have to. 
grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are talking about Dallas, Texas, which is a place that I really enjoy visiting, but I also enjoy working with the state of Texas in so many ways. The Go Green Initiative, um, way back when it started in 2002, one of our very first partners um, in going green across the nation was the state of Texas PTA. And since that time, I have enjoyed a great relationship with communities all over the state of Texas. And I am so impressed with what the city of Dallas is doing with their Revision Dallas project. And we are talking to John Greenan, who is the executive director of the Central Dallas Community Development Corporation. And, John, I want to talk about what this city block that the city of Dallas has set aside to be a completely sustainable urban city block, what is it going to look like? What is the, the vision of this city block when you build it? Well, before I do that, let me talk about what it looks like now so you can okay. get, get an idea <laughs> of the change. Before and the after. <laughs> um, it's next to Dallas City Hall. Dallas City Hall is IMP design, uh, very modern. RoboCop was shot there, some of the scenes. So some of uh, you people that don't even know it may have seen the City Hall. If you look out the back of the City Hall, there is a block, probably it's 100,000 uh, square feet, probably 200 by 500 parallel to the city hall. Right now, bare concrete. You'll see a few cars scattered around, uh, and it's just a parking lot. And it's it's one of three or four that occupy that area. So there's a lot of room there to build and, and a lot of room to fill in what we need. Now, when we get done with this, and I can't say what the project is going to look like yet because we're still talking to three different designers What about how it will end up, and in fact, uh, since I haven't had the opportunity to talk to them yet, I'm really eager to hear the next segment because I'll find out more about what the designers were thinking than I knew before, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that should be great. But it's going to be filled. It will be dense. There will probably be between 250 and 500 units living there. It will be green. There will be gardens. There will be food production on it, and it will be producing uh, as much of its own power as is economically possible. So it's going to be an entirely uh, different kind of vision than what you see now. In fact, it could hardly be more opposite. Uh, We think and and we hope that this is going to be the beginning of a green district in the south-central part of downtown in Dallas that will sort of uh, counterbalance the arts district, which has now been built on the north side of downtown, and that it's going to be uh, full of of innovative and interesting places that that people are going to come just to see, uh, not, not only to live there. Well, and what strikes me is that, you know, if you want to revitalize an urban area, 
you know, you bring in people. Now, whether that's bringing in people to a baseball stadium or what have you, what really revitalizes the downtown is thriving businesses, fun little shops and boutiques and whatnot. If you're going to put two to 500 living units into this area, then I've got to think every small business owner in, in the region is going to want to flock there because they've got a ready-made, you know, uh, uh, clientele living right there. Well, I think it's going to be a, a tremendous help, and and one of the things is that the, the downtown Dallas is close to a tipping point anyway. There's perhaps six to seven thousand people living there right now, and everyone believes that when you get to about ten thousand, that you really are in a position to support small businesses and have a vibrant downtown. Mm-hmm. So we're getting we're getting close, and we hope maybe uh, urban revision. The Revision Dallas project will be the tipping point, the final one that's needed to to really make downtown lively. Well, and what I am excited, I'm excited about the next two segments of Go Green Radio, too, because I'm thrilled to have the uh, the architects on and talk about their vision. But in general terms, we're talking about a sustainable city block. Now, a lot of people, even though you and I both know this is erroneous, but a lot of people think of green living or sustainable living as expensive, exclusive, and sort of high-end. But what you're talking about is a really diverse portfolio of housing products, mixed use. And talk to us about this idea of coupling sustainability with diversity in terms of housing products. Well, we think it's a misconception that uh, living greenly is only an upper-class thing or it's more expensive than not. Uh, I think a lot of people have shown that simple things even like weatherization can save a lot of money on utilities and live more cheaply than you can otherwise. And we've worked on some projects like that. But here we're, we're, we're clearly going a step behind that, beyond that. And when you're talking about using renewable energy sources, there, there's a capital cost up front. And, and there's no question about that. But we think the, the long-term payout is, is clearly there. And we're going to structure this so that that capital cost can, and the, the payout period can be included in the rents, and we think we can bring in, oh, 20 to 40 percent of these units at, at very affordable rents, and then we'll leave uh, a good segment open uh, to the market so anyone that wants to live there can as well. But we think it's very short-sighted to think that you can't be green and be affordable at the same time. I agree with you. I mean, even just in in my own daily life, I'll give you a little sliver of an example. Green cleaning. Um, a lot of folks think, oh, my goodness, if you're going to have green, green cleaning products at home, you're going to pay more. Well, baking soda, vinegar, <laughs> those cost a lot less, you know, and, and actually that's what I clean with. So I think that, that overall, whether we're talking about housing units, whether we're talking about living green, um, buying green, what have you, there really is a misconception that it's, it's going to cost you more. Now, talk about your commitment to um, kind of this, uh, you know, we know that economic segregation is, is sometimes seen and it's evident in urban areas, but what you're really talking about is, is desegregating um, in an economic sense um, how people are housed in an urban area. Talk about your vision. I love how you're coupling that vision with sustainability. Talk to us about what you see for this city block. Well, I think, as I said, we're going to see 20 to 40% on affordable housing and then a very strong market component. And we think those are the kind of numbers that work in general 
anywhere, in a neighborhood, in a city. Um, there's a really good study, a book called Poverty in Place by a professor at the University of Texas, Dallas, of course, named uh, Paul Jargowski. And, and what he did was a study of neighborhoods and when they improved, when they declined, and when they were in transition. And, and what he found is that there's an unexpectedly large component of pretty low-income people in even the wealthiest neighborhood, often uh, up to as much as 20%. And it, it did not affect the quality of the neighborhood, and, and it could be just beautiful, but there are people among your neighbors that make less than you might think and live on a lot less than you might think. And, but what he also found was when you start to get over 40% very poor people in a neighborhood, it starts to decline. So we think the way to have strong, vibrant neighborhoods that include us all is simply to make sure that each neighborhood includes a, a component of housing that's suitable for people that make a lower income, whether it's, you know, Social Security and a fixed income or people on disability or just people in, in relatively low-wage jobs. And so our goal, and in, in not just Revision Dallas, but everything we do, is to keep a component that's very affordable, and when we can, it's, it's not exclusively affordable. We, we think everybody uh, should live uh, in our projects that, that wants to. Well, and talk about how you, like, look into your crystal ball for a second. And, it, you know, you've built the project. You've got it fully um, occupied with, you know, folks from all different walks of life. How do you see the culture of the city of Dallas being different or better or enhanced by projects like what you're talking about building? I think what we could see, if, if everything goes as well as it could, is a lot larger uh, component of public life in the city of Dallas. There's a, a real tendency now for people to, to drive home and drive their car into their uh, garage at the automatic opener and then go directly into the house, maybe going from uh, house to office and never being outside, never contacting any of their neighbors. Uh, of course, downtown Dallas has an extensive tunnel system, which unfortunately has discouraged a lot of street life that might be there uh, otherwise. Now, the tunnels are nice in July and August when it's 100 degrees plus. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the time of the year, they may not have a positive effect. Uh, you know, 100, over 120,000 people work in downtown Dallas. Less than 6,000 people live in downtown Dallas. That's a lot of people that have to drive a long ways each day to get to their jobs and, and that... Uh, are cut off from the city in a lot of ways. I think as more and more people come to live downtown, there's going to be more gathering places, more public life, and we'll have more contact with our neighbors. And in the whole, I think that's a very good thing. I think that sounds like a great thing. And, you know, it's, it, you don't want your city to be a nice place to visit but not a great place to stay, and you're making it a great place to stay, call home. That's that's got to lead to more community pride and uh, community involvement. And, and that's really a throwback to the beginning of the last century when everybody was um, going to city council meetings and involved in their community and, and interacting with one another. I really, really am excited to see you succeed with this, John. And uh, I hope that uh, you'll come back and give us updates as we go along with how the project's going. Uh, I'd love to do that, Jill. I'd love to do that. Well, that sounds great. Well, this was John Greenan. Uh, downtown Dallas may never be the same, and he's going to make it a great place to, to live and work and shop. Don't go away, folks. We'll be back after these commercial, commercial breaks to talk to the architects 
who are building the designs that are going in. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information, about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. This is an exciting moment. We're going to be talking to two of the architects with winning designs for the Urban Revision Program, Revision Dallas. They're going to be taking an entire city block in Dallas, and they've designed uh, an award-winning design that they have a vision for what this city block in Dallas could be to make it sustainable, to make it livable, and a wonderful place to live, work, and shop. We're talking to Mark Hogan and Amit Price Patel. Their project was called the Zero Project, X-E-R-O Project, and they are with David Baker and Partners. Welcome, Mark and Amit. Hi, Jill. Hi. Well, you guys are one of the winners. Uh, There were three of the Revision Dallas competition. Let us know, first of all, how you guys heard about the competition and what made you want to enter? What intrigued your firm about the competition? Well, um, we know Urban Revisions um, because they are based in San Francisco, and they've done several competitions for innovative designs for transportation and, and industrial design and sustainability ideas. Um, what the team was particularly interested in for this competition in Dallas was the uh, fact that the site was in a very prototypical American urban condition in downtown Dallas. Um, downtown Dallas has a big uh, ring of freeways around it. There's mostly office buildings in the center. And um, 
there's a lot of surface parking lots. So it's a very common condition in American cities. Mm -hmm. Is it Amit that we're talking to? Yes, it is. Hey, Amit. Um, You know what? I'm going to ask you just to talk just a little bit louder so I can hear you. I want to hear every last word. So if you wouldn't mind, um, just belt it out. (laughs) Uh, And the other reason that we were interested in the competition was the zero energy uh, part of the of the competition. We do a lot of sustainable housing in our uh, day-to-day work. We do a lot of affordable green housing and wanted to see what kind of ideas we could come up, for, come up with for uh, the downtown Dallas site. Awesome. And Mark, I want you to, to chime in there. What was it that kind of piqued your imagination about this project? Um, well, I, I, think, uh, I think I'd have to agree with Amina and a lot of that stuff. Um, I think that usually we're not used to the bar being set this high for sustainability, and you know this was kind of a, an opportunity you don't really get every day, right? And they were looking for something kind of outside of the box, really outside of the box. And let's talk about your design because I'm looking at the rendering. It is such a beautiful design. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, it's beautiful and unique. Take our listeners through your motivation for the main structure and give us, you know, a mind's eye view of what it's going to look like, how it's going to function. You know, talk to us about that main structure. Um, well, I, th- I think that, you know, it, it obviously looks very futuristic on one mm-hmm. hand, uh, you know, especially, especially you know, in, in Dallas where most of the towers are regular kind of rectangular boxes. Um, but we were looking at some pretty simple concepts about solar orientation. Um, you know, it's very hot in Dallas, so we we put all the units on the north side. Um, you know, so there's like there's a corridor with units on one side, and we we kind of looked at how how you could reduce the amount of concrete in the tower by having some main floors and then having these big multiple height spaces inside where the the actual living units are kind of framed out in those spaces. Um, and, and the kind of the benefit of that is you get these huge public areas inside the building where you know we can we've, we've shown gardens and all sorts of uh, different kind of communal activities taking place up in the sky. Um, and then looking at the ground level strategy, we wanted to create a variety of spaces that work at different times of the year. So the courtyards from one block to the next kind of flip orientation. So. One of them would be in shade in the summer, and the other one would be warmed by the sun in the winter. Um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of some some simple things that are kind of wrapped up in a very complicated package. Mm-hmm. That's so brilliant. I mean, it, on the one hand, it seems so simple the way that the building is oriented to take advantage of seasonal you know, climate and and sunshine, and yet that's so profound. I mean, there are a lot of buildings that it's pretty evident they're just sort of boxes there, you know, and they're built in a vacuum um, without that thought about where's the shade, where's the sun. I love it. Um, uh, One of the the features that I really think is cool about your design is the communal gardens. You've got uh, vertical framing also incorporated, and your use of water capture throughout the model is is really, really innovative. Talk through this process and elaborate on these green systems for our Go Green Radio listeners, because I think this is just amazing. Well, um, one thing that we wanted to do is, rather than just focus on designing one block of the city, 
we were thinking about the project in terms of a whole district. So the X in the zero project uh, refers to an X of greenways um, that would go through the whole downtown district and connect important public amenities, um, including the Trinity River, the farmer's market, um, existing green spaces near City Hall, and then making connections across the freeway to an existing neighborhood um, to the south of our project site. And at the intersection of the two greenways would be um, adjacent to our uh, project site. The community gardens are a way of promoting um, social interaction and having a way for people to um, have farming and um, have a, a backyard in the city. Uh, the private open space is really at a premium in mm -hmm. urban conditions. So this is one way of um, allowing people to connect back to nature. And then regarding the uh, water capture system, this was an idea thought of by our landscape architect that we have, uh, that we're working with on this on the competition entry. His name is David Fletcher, and he's working with Sarah Donato, another landscape architect. And the idea is that the convention center, buildings like the convention center and all the surface area of the district, uh, all of the rainfall that falls on this area can be captured, filtered, and reused for irrigation or for flushing toilets, really mm -hmm. to give water as a resource. Could you send some of that to California for us? We're really dry over here. We're in our third year of drought. <laughs> but uh, just kidding, just kidding. But that's actually an incredibly smart way of using rainwater for, I, I love the idea of reusing it to flush toilets. What do you need clean water for? You don't need drinkable water to flush the toilets. That's brilliant. Now, one of the things I also thought was really interesting, now I know the answer to this. I just want to go on record, but I want you to explain this to our Go Green Radio listeners. You talk about um, the vegetation and the use of gardening as a way to improve air quality. Explain that to us. How does that work? Uh, well, we were looking at how it could work in a couple different ways. I mean, one, one way would be that you know, the plants themselves release oxygen and they take in carbon dioxide, um, but another really important way is that um, there's a lot less heat gain, and the, the city, you know, the city traps this heat in surfaces, you know, like building surfaces and mm -hmm. paved surfaces, and it, it creates a microclimate, you know, in a city like Dallas where it's much hotter than the surrounding countryside because it doesn't cool off at night. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it reduces the it reduces the air temperature, you know, which helps with with things like smog, um, and then it it also creates kind of a microclimate where the you know because of the respiration of the plants themselves, it stays cooler in the areas where you're in the shade from those plants. Mm -hmm. um, and and so we're kind of and and I think that um, there's there's less radiant heat too, you know, like you get in a in a parking lot. Um, Absolutely, and that's what it is right now, right? It's a great big parking lot. I yeah. can imagine how hot that space must be right now, um, you know, with the summer months come on in Dallas and how much cooler it will be. And I think, won't that affect the energy usage citywide? I mean, that seems like it would have a great potential to really lower the overall temperature. Well, I, I think if it was a widespread strategy throughout the city, yeah, you're definitely correct, it would. Yeah, I think that's what the uh, what Mayor Daly in Chicago is doing. A few weeks ago, we talked to an architect who's been doing work in the city of Chicago, and there's actually now some zoning ordinances in place for 
implementing green roofs. And it doesn't matter if it's a commercial building, if it's a government building, if it's a school. Mayor Daley wants green roofs, and it's exactly for that reason, to, to lower the overall heat of the city and hence the energy consumption. Uh, you, you guys use a really cool term in, in describing your design. I had never heard of this before, urban agriculture. Um, you describe that in, as part of your entry. Tell us more about what urban agriculture is or what your vision for that is. Um, well, I think, I think a big part of it is that um, we want to reconnect people to the land. And uh, we've, we've kind of done this with a, a couple real projects in our office that have already happened where we've incorporated. There's a building in San Francisco called Curran House where there's community gardens on the roof. And we have some projects that we're planning now that are incorporating even larger urban kind of agricultural components. Um, and they kind of go back to the 1940s when people were planting victory gardens. Mm-hmm. Around the country, where a really significant percentage of food was being produced in residential urban areas, um, you know, and, and that's it, it's not that far fetched. You know, it's actually been done in this country before, um, and and we think that, especially in Dallas, where maybe all of this land doesn't need to be developed immediately, or you know, we can use strategies like our tower, where you can free up some space for planting. You know, it's a it's a great way to have some functional green space, you know, that people can really get involved in. And, you know, and in addition to having the food, it also builds community. Um, people can see the production and then consume that food in the same place. And it also provides this opportunity for commerce. Because we've, as part of our proposal, we proposed a ground-level retail kind of space with micro-retail where people can rent small little units, almost like you would at a farmer's market or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and... You know, if they're growing produce, maybe they can sell it back to people there. Or if they're making products like pies or something from whatever they're growing in the green space, they can sell those products that they're making back to people. That's really cool. That is really cool. Now, if if all this comes to fruition, how do you see your design shaping the culture and the economy and sort of the collective soul of Dallas? If you if you see your design happen. You know, if it all comes to fruition, what kind of legacy do you hope to have on the culture of Dallas in the minute that we have left? I know that's a big question for one minute left, but give us your best shot. Well, well, I think that um, our proposal, this is just our first pass at um, generating conceptual ideas for Dallas. We did our best to try to understand the site conditions. But what we really hope is that rather than us imposing some sort of um, design on the city of Dallas, we can learn from the culture and the economy and soul of Dallas to help shape the building. We found that whenever the community is involved in the design of a project, it almost always gets better. I love it. That's we're, such a so great really attitude. We're to uh, working with uh, the city of Dallas. Well, Mark and Amit, it was so great talking with you. I want you to come back. This time was just too short. Talk to us more as the project goes forward. We've had Mark Hogan and Amit Price Patel. Thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. We'll be back in the next segment with another one of the winning architects. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote, and then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are having a blast today. We are talking about a first-of-its-kind project. It's called Revision Dallas. For those of you just joining us, Dallas is taking a city block, and they've put it out as a contest to architects all over the world to come up with winning designs to turn this one city block right next to City Hall into a sustainable um, development that will be off the grid, completely sustainable, but will have a diverse portfolio of housing products for a lot of different folks to come together and make community in this one city block. We are going to be talking to another one of the award-winning architects. His name is Brad Bartholomew. His project is called Entangled Bank, and he is with Little Architects, and we are so excited to have you on the show, Brad. Well, thanks, Joe. Uh, we're definitely excited to, uh, to be on the show and look forward to to the opportunity to speak more about our project, but also just, uh, you know, outreach to to uh, as many folks as we can, I suppose. Awesome. Well, that's what we're all about. We On Go Green Radio, we want to talk about amazing things, about going green in lots of different ways. And one of the things that we talked about in our first two segments, we talked with John Greenan, who is kind of the, the big kahuna of this project, and he's doing such a great job of integrating a diverse, um, housing portfolio with sustainability. And, Brad, in comparing your entry 
you know, with others in the competition, I really found your idea of mixed-use development to be quite intriguing. Could you explain for our Go Green Radio listeners um, what that means and how that influences urban space um, sure. when you talk about integrating that idea? Sure. Well, first off, um, you know, the real focus for our submission was creating community, uh, not just housing. So, you know, within community, I think there are a lot more elements that we begin to draw upon um, that we can can create that special moment or that special place. I think certainly we think that uh, de- density is a necessary element of sustainability, and certainly within the you know, within the urban fabric of Dallas, it plays a role. But we also thought it was it was really important that that we wanted to create mass. Um, or density, you know, we, that, that could essentially help us in terms of the self-sustaining properties the development would have. We didn't want it to become so massive that it was, you know, uninviting or uninhabitable. I think sometimes as architects we think the more we build, the more we impact. Um, mm-hmm. but, but really our project was focused on, on transforming people and then allowing them to, to influence others and sort of the, you know, the, the movement is, is more about people and less about building itself. That's really cool. I mean, I wish that more product developers, developers, whether it's buildings or whether it's, you know, just consumables, um, thought about their projects that way. I mean, really putting the human end user at the vortex of your design project. That's well, really cool. Well, you know, cool. in, the, in our, our site literally is at the convergence of two city grids. Um, there's the, the sort of the more um, business center grid running in one direction, and then it literally at our site it intersects with, with more of a, you know, a grid more on the per- periphery, and, it, and in some ways it almost talks about two different economic strata within Dallas. So it's it really a great opportunity for us to take a project, uh, our site, and it become the transition between those two elements, and it literally offer um, things like business, retail, uh, residential, entertainment, dining, entertainment, uh, education, I'm sorry, all these different components, components that make up what can really be a groundbreaking project. Well, and you stated that the main goal behind your design was to create a sustainable system through education and green technology. Talk to us about that. Explain your design and how you'll meet those goals. Well, you know, as I mentioned before, what we're really trying to do is, is create a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way in which that we're doing that, we really want the influence to be shared throughout Dallas and, and quite honestly, beyond that, our, our, our proposal wasn't necessarily to just you know, paint the town green or the world green, but it's really to reach people. Um, and I think, you know, if we, if we if we ask most people what they thought of um, sustainable design, they may tell you it's about taking care of the environment or uh, natural resources. In terms of architects, we'd probably say specify products with less water or, um, you know, low VOC paints, those types of things. But what we really wanted to try to uh, focus on within our, within our um, proposal was what sustainability really meant. And so the, um, if you really take a look at what sustainability is, there's three main things that are associated with that. And it's not just environmental, but it's also there's economical issues and there's also social implications. And so for us, the project wasn't necessarily about harnessing natural resources, though we did that in a great deal. It really became about preserving the human resource um, by rehabilitating and by teaching. And tell us how that will be accomplished. Let's say, you know, I'm thinking about moving in to your design. What will my daily life be like? How will I interact with your design? Um, and, and, you know, how, how will my needs as a person mm-hmm. be met? Well, I don't, I don't know how, how much you actually uh, 
gotten to explore the entire project, but um, at the base of the building we have a, an element called the meandering path. And essentially what the meandering path becomes for our project is that human experience uh, through metaphor almost. Uh, along this path, you know, it's not a direct path. There are moments where you're moving right and left and you're seeing different things. But along that path there are elements, again, of retail, of, of dining, of entertainment. Um, there's a, a nutrition center. There's a, a culinary institute. There's a, a, an agricultural and farming school. There are these different components. And what we're really trying to do is create a place where there would be people from that downtown urban area that can come to eat, to shop, to explore. But it also may offer opportunities for people that, you know, maybe aren't as well off, that, that may be homeless or may have lost jobs recently, and there's the opportunity for them to come through this path and be taught and to learn skills that they may provide to society and to, you know, the city of Dallas that can further Dallas along. And in many ways... Um, Along that path, we're literally, literally blurring the line between the two so that there are opportunities for each to sort of intermingle and mix and, you know, create a truly groundbreaking place. That's really cool. I mean, it's going to be right next to the city hall. So can you envision the mayor coming through for lunch, and who might he see or she see? Well, it, I would hope so. We actually, <laughs> there, you know, one of the elements that we're really excited about um, is the slow food restaurant, and this is a... Maybe in California you, uh, you, you've heard quite a bit about this, but it's sort of a, a, an up-and-coming type of food. It's sort of the anti-fast food, and what it's really in relation to, you know, relates to is um, growing uh, your, the elements that you cook with in a, in a sustainably uh, appreciative manner and then actually sitting down and enjoying the, sort of what you've sown in a, in a larger setting where you can – Sort of talk and enjoy the meal, and not just you know grab your burger and run. And the the site of this is right at the edge of the of the project, literally across the street from the uh, city hall. So I'd hope the mayor would come over and eat uh, mm-hmm. some of that food. But literally, the the vertical farms that um, we've incorporated into the project come down the side of the building, and they're located just across the street from that slow food restaurant. So I think they're you know you can envision a moment where I might ask for a salad while I'm sitting at the restaurant and see an individual walk over and literally pick that tomato from the, from the vertical farm and pull, bring it over and put it into my salad, which I think would be pretty cool. That's really cool. That's like, you know, just at home. I mean, if yeah. you have a little home garden, um, you're really creating an urban home. Um, and I love your design, Entangled Bank. It's really, really amazing. And you guys, I, I, we've got to have you back on, Brad, because uh, I want to hear more about your your vision and, and how all this comes to fruition. But let's imagine for a moment that it does come to fruition. What do you want the architectural history books to say about this project? Well, I hope it, I hope it changes the way we view sustainable design. I think that's that's what we're really trying to do. I think that, you know, as I mentioned before, it's not just about, Specking planet-friendly materials, or or getting as many lead checkpoints as you can, or points as you can on the checklist, I should say. Um, but we're really just developing sustainable architecture that that changes the way people live, um, and it really has the opportunity not just to to harness energy and resources and those types of things, but it literally responds to the human element, and it changes how we view people. And so that's really what I think, you know, we would hope uh, that people can understand there's a, a sophistication to uh, sustainable design and certainly one that we hope <laughs> is seen in this project mm-hmm. and that it's not just, uh, 
you know, people on the West Coast or in the in the woods that haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> but it's it's really something that it strengthens the performance of a building, and we're really trying to challenge the norm that you know that we're we're used to seeing in buildings, and so the building really functions the way people need it to function. I'm so inspired by you, Brad, and thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. I really am looking forward to seeing this city block, Revision Dallas, um, come to fruition and, and what it's going to be capable of. I think it's not just going to revolutionize what we think of as sustainable design, but it's going to revolutionize the way we look at urban community and all of the possibilities that are inherent in people coming together um, in a beautiful, sustainable place. I want to thank you all for joining us on Go Green Radio this week. We'll be back same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Don't forget to shout out to us at gogreenradio at gmail.com with any questions you have. And we'll look forward to talking with you all this time next week. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 